I want you to think about this for a second because we often talk about goals and aspirations we have in life, but we don't always know what to do or how to do it. So think on this for a second. You can't actually know your what and how without first knowing your why. You see, there are a lot of people who are able to be really good leaders and step into those different positions that they crave. They just need guidance in making the decision to move in that direction. Hey, all my loyal listeners, Dr. Chris Jones here with another episode of Seeing to Lead, the podcast designed to help educational leaders solve the problems they face every day. This week, I'm talking to Dr. Mel Vandervoort. She's a dynamic educator and career transition coach. Her passion lies in professional development. And during this show, you're going to hear a lot about that. The most important guiding principle that I took from listening to Dr. Vandervoort talk about PD is that PD isn't what you're looking for. What you're looking for is professional learning. That's when you're immersed in continuous improvement rather than your one and dones or the ones, maybe twos with maybe a little bit of follow-up. You see, if professional learning is going to be effective, if it's going to be relevant, it has to be job embedded and ongoing. Look, We all have a lot of changes that we want to make both personally and in our schools. But if we want to make significant change in our schools and how teaching and learning occurs, we have to leverage the people we already have. And that only occurs by building relationships and knowing the people we're with. I know you're going to get a lot of value from this, so I want to make sure we get right to it. Remember, hit subscribe. Share on social media with your biggest takeaway and get ready to get better with Dr. Mel Vandervoort on Seeing to Lead. I don't want people to have to just do the thing they're doing just because that's all they think they can do. And if they have aspirations that are beyond what they are currently doing and they are unfulfilled now and they feel like they want more. I don't want them to not know how to get there. And I wanted someone to empower me to take that next step forward. And I found people who did that for me. And I want to do that for someone else. Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thought dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Dr. Melinda Vandervoort is a dynamic educator, career transition coach, and podcast host. With a passion for professional development, she guides educators on their journey to leadership roles through her podcast, Empowered Educator. As a former teacher who successfully transitioned into a leadership position, 
Dr. Mel offers valuable insights and actionable advice to help educators realize their leadership potential. Her mission is to empower educators to make a lasting impact on education while finding fulfillment in their careers. I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to Dr. Mel today because so many of the things she talks about, educators realizing their leadership potential, empowering educators, and making a lasting impact on education hits so close to home for me and so many things that I agree with and want to learn about and talk about. So I can't wait to talk to Dr. Mel. Dr. Mel, welcome to Seeing to Leap. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I think we talked about be before we got started that I'd tried a couple of other times and just a little bit of uh, weather and coughing and all of that stuff has kept me from being on previously, but I am super excited to finally be here. That's It's great because, um, you know, those other two times, they say good things come to those who wait. So we've waited and I think it's going to be a great episode for people to learn a lot from. Exactly. And I always think that God works things out exactly the way they're supposed to be. And you are doing the thing you're supposed to be doing at exactly the time you're supposed to be doing it. So right now is when we're supposed to be doing this. <laughs> Perfect. So why don't I start with this? Why don't I ask you a little bit about if you could round out that brief bio I read at the beginning. I mean, you mentioned a couple of things there. You mentioned about transitioning from the teacher role to leadership, and then the whole idea of your podcast empowered educator and your passion for PD. So can you round that out a little bit more? Give give the listeners a little more on that. Sure. So I was a teacher for several years and I just really, when I knew it was time for me to leave the classroom, I just had that desire. I mean, it was, it was deeply embedded. And so I started my prep work for that and it just, I would sit in my classroom and I'm like, I would think of things to do as a leader, as a principal, because that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to move into a principal position. And I had some great principals. I also had some not so great principals. And I took things from both of those experiences. And I'm like, I know what I, I want to do, what I need to do, and what I don't want to do, and what I don't need to do. And so moving into a leadership role, it was just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I'm like one of those personalities that I do before I think sometimes. And so I'm like, I jump into things like head first and podcasting was one of those. And so <laughs> I, I'm like, one day I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. And I mean, I like did. I just, I didn't, I didn't even know what I was doing. And I muddled my way through it and it started out as a professional development podcast, my empowered educator brand. And I just, as I went along and really thought about things and listened to other educators, other teachers, as a leader, I realized teachers had the same desire that I had. There are some of them that are natural born leaders and they just need guidance on how to move into that next role and how to really figure out what it is they want to do, how to get there. They have a leadership mindset already. They just need to like really refine their thinking and just figure out what position it is they want to move into. And that may not even necessarily be in a public education setting. There are so many roles that a teacher can transfer their skills into and still stay in the educational field 
but not necessarily in a public education role in a district. That's such an important thing to understand because it cuts right to the heart of working towards where people want to be, what they're engaged with, and empowering them. That when you talk about your experience where you wanted to move to the next level and and you knew exactly what you wanted to do or be so you could kind of role play that and think about different scenarios, mm-hmm. that works perfectly. Well, not necessarily perfectly. It's still a messy process, but that's all right. Right. And still needs support. So. What about the person that we have in school? And this this may be, I don't know, this may be a touchy subject, may not be a touchy subject, but there are times where principals see teachers and they have to have that discussion with them that maybe where you are or this current role that you're playing is not a good role for you anymore. And that could be a performance thing. That just could be mm-hmm. a burnout thing, or it could be you're ready to take the next step. And so even if the principal taps them on the shoulder, and says, hey, look, I really think you'd be well-suited for leadership. How are, what are some ways that leaders can support those looking to move up, whether it's guidance as to what they do? Yeah, I was really fortunate to have my last year, couple of years in the classroom, I was really fortunate to have a very supportive principal who really supported me transitioning into a leadership role. And Know, know your people. You have to know your people and know when their leadership, it's almost like they've outgrown the classroom and you know that they can be more effective in a better role suited for them than in the classroom. And they have so much to offer. They have so much to give and they can impact education on a larger scale. And I was fortunate enough, like I said, to have a principal who really supported me in that role and would like, she gave me guidance on what to do. She was my mentor, but she also gave me opportunity to go to different, we have a leadership, an aspiring leader. I think it's just, it's a workshop. I think it was a one day workshop here in Missouri. And she, she gave me that opportunity. And so she supported me along the way. So just knowing your people. Figuring out what is a good way for them to get what they need to move into that leadership role and then just help them to get there is probably the most important thing that any leader can do, any principal or I've had great leaders since then. Great. And my executive director at the school I was previously at, she was very good knowing what I wanted to do. And she helped me get where I needed to be and where I wanted to be. So. Obviously, knowing your people is is a very important thing. Supporting people is an important thing. One of the things I heard you said say was that you went on a, a workshop that you were sent to like a day-long workshop. Mm-hmm. And that was something you needed. So what if we transitioned our conversation a little bit into professional development? Yeah, absolutely. Because that is a form of professional development. And that's something that your leader noticed that was a professional development tailored to you. Yes. So there are there are plenty of ways to provide PD, plenty of ways to tailor PD, and a lot of it has to do with knowing your people and the circumstances. But what does good PD look like, if you could help us out with that, in schools, whether it's moving from teacher to leader or whether it's just teachers improving as teachers? 
Absolutely. And just so happens that professional development just happens to be one of my very big passions and what I wrote my dissertation on, my doctoral dissertation about. It is just one of those things that I saw there were some great ways that PD was being done, but there were some not great ways that PD was being done. And the approach that you need to take is to make it effective is to make sure that it is job embedded, that it's ongoing. You want to make sure that it's relevant to your teachers. A lot of times it's a one size fits all. It's, you know, we send teachers to these things that may not even be relevant to what they're doing. And then they come back and they just keep it to themselves and no one knows what happened or nobody grows from it really, except for maybe the one person who went. And so there are just so many better options for that. And you want to make sure what my previous job that I just left, it was, I was a dean of instruction. So one of the things that I did was instructional coaching, and that is going into the classrooms and really seeing what my teachers were doing, where they needed to grow, and helping them grow in bite-sized increments. Because sometimes we try to do too much and our teachers get overwhelmed, and they don't know how to correct what is going wrong in their instruction. And it's not that their instruction is necessarily wrong. It's just, we see a better way that they could do it. And so we want to make sure that we are providing that real-time feedback. We're going into those classrooms and we're, we're picking out one thing that they can grow from. We're giving them the feedback in that moment. And we're watching them implement it in that moment. We're leaving, we're letting them practice. And then we're coming back and we're doing follow-up that next week. And a lot of times we just tell, my principals would come in once a quarter maybe. And like they would give me a piece of paper that said, well, you did this and you did this and you didn't do this so great. And I'm like, okay, that helped me in no way at all. No way at all. And I don't want teachers to feel the way I felt. And I think that even as a having a wonderful principle, they just don't know necessarily what good PD looks like, what good professional learning looks like. PD is more that one shot, one, one thing, one size fits all. But professional learning is when you are immersed in it. It is that PLC, it's that collaborative piece. It's that research-based. And a lot of times we see teachers, they will, they're trying, they are hungry for help. And they're trying all they can to be the best instructor that they can. And so they're seeking out all of these different methods. And some of them may be research-based. Some of them may not. And they're like knitting these all together, meshing them all together into this this crock pot of instruction and it's not always effective and it's not for lack of them trying or their lack of want to, they just don't know. And even myself, there were things that I learned as a dean of instruction that I never was taught as a classroom teacher. And I feel cheated now because I wish someone had given me that same kind of professional learning at that moment as I was able to give teachers as a dean of instruction. So can we just talk for a second about, and, and there's there's maybe a rabbit hole I want to go down, but 
Can we just talk for a second about it's not PD, professional development, it's professional learning. I love the distinction you draw Mm -hmm. between those two because that covers the ongoing. Yes. Not the one and done. What you do is you start learning, you continue to learn, keep learning. Lifelong learner. Yeah, we cannot encourage our students to be lifelong learners if we are not lifelong learners. If we are just going in, teaching, going home, that's it. And we are not continuing that learning on our own. And and we need to let our, our students see that we are also learning. When I was going through college and they were seeing me get my master's degree and seeing me work on my doctorate degree, I talked about doing homework. I talked about all of the learning. So they knew that I was continuing to learn too. So it was, they were more invested because they saw that I was doing the same thing they were doing. I love that you talked about that with your students. That's absolutely fantastic. And that that modeling piece that you're mentioning, because that's basically what it is, modeling how important learning is and that we're learning, Mm -hmm. that we're always learners as well as teachers. But I just got into a conversation. There's there's so much that you're saying. I could just, there's so many threads going off that I could talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I just got into a conversation the other day about modeling it being okay to fail because we talk about failing forward. We talk about how important it is to fail. You can't succeed without failing. Look, everybody listening to this podcast knows that these sayings are all out there. And then what we do is students are punished in a very tangible way for failing, i.e. grades. Yes. And so we talked about this conversation that I was in. We talked about how Yes, we value modeling. Yes, we value the experience of failure to succeed. But in reality, we're not modeling the importance of that. Our modeling doesn't, doesn't go along with what we're saying. But, but, but I digress. <laughs> the, when you're talking about instructional coaching, because you mentioned effective PD, and, and, and just to go back to this to make sure I'm, I'm coming back with what you said, it has to be job embedded, it has to be ongoing, and it has to be relevant. And then you started, you mentioned the instructional coaching, how important is that? Or how important that is, I'm sorry. But instructional coaches are a specific position that schools often find themselves having to hire. In your opinion, are schools able to grow their own instructional coaches and move them forward with some type of training? Absolutely. If you have good leadership in your district, you can take those people You've are, you can leverage your human resources that you already have. And I am a big proponent of using the people that you already have that already know your system and how you, like they know the curriculum. They know the system. They know everything about your school. Why would you hire outside if you can grow your own people and put them? And that is, that goes back to knowing your people and who can be that great instructional leader and do that job. And even if you can't afford to pay them as an instructional coach, you can still leverage their, their knowledge and their amazing instructional fortitude and let them coach, let them mentor. That is a great way to help them get into that leadership position and start preparing and getting those skills. That's that that's great skills that they can transfer. Not to mention that sets them up for success when they are ready to transition into a leadership position. Even if there's not a position open in your district, it's our responsibility 
not only to make sure our students succeed and are able to go where they want to go in life, but we need to make sure that our teachers that are ready to move into a leadership position, because we're cheating everybody if we just keep them in the classroom and we don't let them grow and affect change on a larger scale. And so moving them into a mentor position, it is a good step for anybody, for the district, for that teacher, and for the the people under them that they're mentoring. About halfway through what you were just saying, I wanted to yell, preach about, <laughs> about our responsibility to help not just the students be successful, but the people that are here serving the students, because ultimately as leaders, we serve them. And so it's on us to help them become the best version of themselves that they can be. Yes. And we don't realize, and I'm, I'm in a few Facebook groups and I'll, I'll see things and I'll see people who are not in education. Oh, you're, you're stealing our teachers. Your teachers are leaving and you're wanting them to transition out of the classroom. And my thoughts are, if you have somebody who is super gifted, and they are no longer fulfilled in the classroom. Do you really want them in the classroom still yet? Because are they going to be 100% because they've got their mind on other things, maybe. They have other aspirations. And we can't keep every teacher in the classroom because if we keep every teacher in the classroom, we're not going to have principals. We're not going to have, you know, we're not going to have people in leadership. But I also interviewed someone on my podcast the other day who was doing basically what it boiled down to was instructional design. And we have to have those people who are educators move into those positions. And it's a trickle down effect. So we have it again, it's our responsibility. It's our duty to prepare our teachers also to move into those different roles. So we have good leadership and good instruction and good educators all the way up, all the way up to those companies that produce the curriculum that's trickling back down into our school, our school systems. That's a fantastic perspective and putting the context into why it's so important that we're not just keeping people in classrooms and that we're kind of, I don't know, sharing the wealth or the knowledge as a, as probably a very poorly worded way of putting it. But that's what came to mind at the time. Supporting your teachers and students seems to be a struggle. They just don't seem to be engaged. You wish they would take more responsibility for their learning and culture of the building, but they just don't seem to be empowered enough to do it. So, my question is, have you checked out the book Seeing to Lead yet? It's all about creating a true educational experience where learning, growth, leadership, and community take center stage. Full of strategies and resources, Seeing to Lead is about attaining that goal by employing a model that supports, engages, and empowers all individuals to become leaders themselves. Pick up a copy today at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com. Remember, you don't become a leader and then decide you need to support and recognize others more than yourself. It is the moment you realize it's about supporting and recognizing others that you become a leader. Seeingtolead.com. You talk about helping people transition. That's that's your jam, so to speak, now is helping people transition. Right. So what does that look like? You come across a person or a person reaches out to you. 
that is looking to transition, do you have a, a set system you use with them? Questions? What does that look like as you help them move forward? Yeah, I do career coaching, career transition coaching. And so I will talk to them and we just really figure out what it looks like for them. So my podcast is based around leadership mindset, their options, and then the preparation. I can't talk either today. The preparation and it's really just figuring out what they want to do because there are so many options and moving into a principal position seems like the next logical step, but not everybody wants to be a principal. That was my desire. That's what I wanted to do. And so I did that for a few years, but then I had other aspirations as well. And my, what I do with my clients is I help them figure out what that looks like for them. And we figure out the best options and then we, we get a plan for them. So it's kind of like a blueprint of what their transition is going to look like. And so I kind of have a set blueprint, like I said, but it's really based on them specifically. So I have to really get to know them and what, what their goals are. And then we look at their, their skills and those transferable skills. And we talk about what a good fit would be for them. Does their why ever come into the conversation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We always start with why. And I actually, I can't remember if I have it on Empowered Educator podcast, but with my other podcast that I have, we, I have a whole thing where they talk about, we do their why and their what and their how and all of that. So we kind of backward plan a little bit and get that all figured out for them. But yes, absolutely their why. Because if you don't know your why, then it's hard to know your what and your how. You have to know those first because, I mean, you can't, you can't move forward if you don't. And I think a lot of teachers know all of the options that are out there and they have this passion and this desire to do more and to really make that bigger impact, but they don't know what all the options are. And I came from a small, town and the area where I'm at, people go into a leadership position, into a principal position, and they stay there forever. So you can't really get into a position down there as easily. And so you have to think about other options. And as a teacher, I didn't know all of these other options. And I want to make sure that teachers who are ready to move into a different position have that education. They know what those options are. That's fantastic. So you so you help them with finding out their why and then the what and the how, and you have a blueprint that you build for them that's, you know, relevant. So it's individualized mm-hmm. based on their yes. own their own situation. It fall into place in their current position. So I'm a teacher. I feel like I can do more than I'm doing in the classroom. So I want to move mm-hmm. forward. And I reach out. I talk to you. How do I leverage my current leadership with what you're helping me with? And the options that you're presenting to me, how do I leverage my current leadership into supporting me and engaging me in that process of transitioning? Yeah, we talk about the options because sometimes even as a classroom teacher, you don't know how to even start preparing to move into a leadership position. And there are so many different things that you can do, so many different ways you can build your skills within your own district. And so we talk about all of those options, being a mentor, leading professional development, You know, there are so many different ways that you can build your skills and start getting those, those transferable skills 
to put on your resume and to add to your cover letter and get everything in place for you to move into the position that you want. And so we talk about that. That's one of the things as we're figuring out where they want to go, I help them figure out what they can do right at this moment because not everybody can just step out of the classroom. You know, that takes a lot of preparation, especially if you want to move into a principal position or some kind of certificated position. You're going to have to, if you don't have that, you have to get that first. And so, or you have to be prepared to think about things financially and what that's going to look like for your family life. And so we have, we talk about work-life balance, all of that and how you can get where you want to go as quickly as you desire to get there. And that may be a few years out for some people, but they may, there may be some that really want to move out as quickly as possible. So we take, I take all of that into consideration as I am helping them build that plan. And that starts with what can you do right now in your classroom or in your district to start building those leadership skills in preparation for that next thing you're ready to do. So it sounds like there's a lot of clarity that's built. Yes. And you provide a lot of support. Now, I had asked you, you know, just to be full transparency, I'd asked you beforehand or mentioned to you that I really liked your email signature that really stuck with me that said career clarity coach. Mm -hmm. And you told me there's a little bit of story behind that and what it it can stand for two different things. Right. So could you help the listeners out with the idea of a career clarity coach as it pertains to the transitioning piece? Yeah, absolutely. And so that really kind of came about with my other podcast, Choose Your Next Yes, which is for women in midlife who are becoming empty nesters or they already are and they're ready to find clarity on what they they want that purpose. You know, they're ready to live their next life and reclaim the person that they always aspired to be, but they don't always know what that looks like. And so we have to get clear on what everything, everything, their gifts and talents, their skills, their passions, their interests, where all of that meshes and what options are available for all of those things so they can transform transfer or transition into that next thing. So there's a lot of clarity work that comes before you can ever pick the thing that you want to do, because sometimes you just don't know what you want to be when you grow up. And you have to, you have to do a little work at that before you get there. Excellent. Well, you know, Dr. Mel, you, you've said a lot that just, I could talk to you forever, but um, we're getting to the end of the podcast. And there are two questions that I ask every person that comes on the show. The first one is if you were an educator slash leader, who, not what would you be? If I weren't an educator or a leader, I would still be someone who is dedicated to empowering others to step into their God-defined purpose, whatever that is, whatever that looks like for them, I would help them get there no matter what it was that we were working toward. So without saying a, a, a what, I guess, who would be, I would be a life coaching person, a career coach, <laughs> do some career coaching. So continuing to do what I, I do. So just taking it to the next level. And there's a lot to that. And I really liked, I really liked the beginning part where you're talking about the importance of empowering people and how central to your why or who you are 
How did you come about that? What is it about empowering people that is so special to you, if if I may ask? I think it's because when I was in the classroom and I came from the area where it's very rural, where I'm from, and you just don't know what you don't know. And I don't want people to have to just do the thing they're doing just because that's all they think they can do. And if they have aspirations that are beyond what they are currently doing and they are unfulfilled now and they feel like they want more, I don't want them to not know how to get there. And I wanted someone to empower me to take that next step forward. And I found people who did that for me and I want to do that for someone else. Wow, that's... If I could just leave it right there. (laughs) That's, That's excellent. Thank you for... Thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, you know, taking a moment and just being vulnerable with that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So of all the things you said, especially that last piece, what's the most important piece of advice you would give to leaders as they work to better support, engage, and empower those they serve? If we're thinking about professional learning, knowing, being present in the classrooms and knowing what your teachers are doing and what they need and making sure that you are addressing that in a way that is supportive and doesn't feel... I know sometimes, you know, when a principal walks in the classroom, you're like, you feel like you're in trouble almost. And if you could go into a classroom as the principal or the leader of your building and Make sure that your teachers are like, oh, I know that they're in here to help me. And I know that they're going to give me some feedback right now that I can implement right now. And then I can practice it because if I can't get it right by them telling me they're going to model it for me right now, they're going to give me some time to practice. We're going to talk about it later and they're going to support me every step of the way. And if I have to do it again and again and again to get there, they're never going to make me feel like I am not an excellent educator. You have excellent educators in your building. And just because they have moments where they're not instructionally sound does not mean they are not an excellent educator. They just need some help getting to where they need to be to be more instructionally sound. Well, listeners to Seeing to Lead. What a gift it's been today to listen to some of the things Dr. Mel said. You know, Dr. Mel, I just think that you have so much going on as far as PD and and helping teachers be more they can be. I can't thank you enough for being on the on the show today. I appreciate it so much, so much. And I would love for you to come on Empowered Educator as well and help my listeners also grow and move into the thing that they want to do next. Absolutely. And especially seeing you just said that on the air, you kind of called me out on the air about being a guest on your exactly. podcast. Exactly. <laughs> why, why do you think? I'm, I'm <laughs> planned out here. There you go. No, I, 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 hey, I'm flattered that you asked me and, I, and I'd absolutely love to be a guest. We can set something up as far as that goes. Look, if people want to get in touch with you, especially because, you know, there are a lot of people looking to transition. We're, we're in kind of an unsteady time with people really examining what they want to do, what they are currently doing and how that fits in their current 
sense of life. Mm-hmm. And so it wouldn't surprise me if there were a lot of people that want to reach out to you. What's the best way people can get in touch with you? Absolutely. You can find me on any platform with my Empowered Educator podcast. I am on every platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, all of them. So it won't be hard to find Empowered Educator. And then you can also email me. My email is mel, M-E-L, Vandevort, V-A-N-D-E-V-O-R-T at gmail.com. I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all the things. So you can find me anywhere just about. So, Well, folks, do yourself a favor. Reach out to Dr. Mel um, on any social media platform and definitely catch her podcast. Um, Pick up a few episodes of that and just keep learning. So thank you once again, Dr. Mel. I really appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. The honor is mine. I really appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Hey, thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you would like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast today, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Also, one last thing. Have you had a chance to pick up my latest five-star rated book yet? Grab your copy of Seeing to Lead anywhere you buy books or at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com where you can learn more and continue to improve. Now go have a successful week.